Hello there, Longhorn fans. Welcome to another Monday edition of our instant reaction to Steve Sarkeesian's Monday press conference. I am Trey Elling, joined as always by the great Joe Cook of InsideTexas.com. Joe, always a pleasure. How was your weekend? I guess congrats to your Houston Astros considering the hat that you're wearing. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Spent a lot of time on the road yesterday driving back from from Stillwater, seeing the the red dirt of central Oklahoma, and then the uh, the, the grassy hills, I guess, of Central Texas. But yeah, getting back home, uh, stopped by the domain real quick. And uh, it was kind of funny. The bar I, I stopped by, uh, it was like half Austin FC, half mm-hmm. Astros fans. And everybody was pretty happy. So that was a pretty cool experience. And uh, yeah, another World Series. Pretty awesome. Yeah, Austin FC on to the Western Conference Finals and the MLS. They travel to Los Angeles this next weekend. But that's not our topic of conversation Of course, we all are talking about what Steve Sarkeesian had to say today heading into a bye week. Now, this is a presser, if I'm remembering correctly, that Tom Herman did not partake in. But Steve Sarkeesian, nice enough to field some questions even heading into that bye week. And uh, obviously, there are some questions right now, Joe. And even though this was the last question asked, I think it's a good place for us to start today. And it was asked by Kirk Bowles of the Statesman. Did you seriously consider replacing Quinn Ewers with Hudson Card during the Oklahoma State game? Obviously, another tough loss for the Longhorns with a double-digit lead in the second half. End up not scoring any points in the fourth quarter. They get outscored 14 to nothing. Yes, Oklahoma State's good. Yes, Spencer Sanders is a veteran signal caller, preseason All-Big 12 pick. But at the same time, it's another one of those games where it felt like the opportunity was there for the taking. And unfortunately, it felt like the biggest reason why Texas wasn't able to win the game is because of how Quinn Ewers, uh, how erratic Quinn Ewers was at the quarterback position. But Steve Sarkeesian uh, did not waver from his answers post-game on Saturday night. He said, look, I didn't think about replacing him at all. He is our quarterback. If we had done some things differently as players and as coaches, we might have won the game, but we're not placing all the blame on Quinn Ewers. What did you think of his answer? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because it was the second time he had to answer it. Uh, I asked him on Saturday and, and Kirk asked him today, and he was a little bit more, uh, gave a little bit more explanatory of an answer today. Um, honestly, my own opinion, I probably would have pulled him because I think you can pull a guy when he's not being effective and say, Hey, look, you're our guy for the future, but you don't have it today. It's like, you know, if a guy's making his major league debut and goes four innings and then that fifth inning stinks, you you go out and get the reliever and say, Hey, you're going to be able to throw seven, eight, nine, uh, in a later point in your career. Uh, but today we need somebody to go get five, six, seven right now. And I think that would have been uh, okay strategy. And I'll admit that there's probably a sense of watching that Clemson game earlier in the day where Dabo did pull DJU and put in Clay, Cade Klubnik and so probably made a lot of Texas fans think, oh, that, that's that's the right call. And and I I see why that may influence some thinking. Uh, but at least from Sarkeesian's point of view, he's saying like, look, this is my quarterback. This is who I chose at the beginning of the year to be the starter. Um, if I go ahead and pull him, I don't know if it's going to affect his psyche, but it could. Uh, but, you know, he believed that Quinn Ewers was making, you know, good reads and good processes, uh, but just not making those throws. I mean, uh, him being four of 16 on, on targets to Xavier Worthy kind of shows that, especially at near the uh, that one near the end of the game. So, uh, yeah, he, he just made it made up his mind and, and said, this is this is my quarterback and. 
you know, there's going to be rough patches. We have to remember that Quinn Ewers is a redshirt freshman, should be a true freshman. Uh, this That was only his first true road start, and it showed. Um, so Star- Steve Sarkeesian, I guess, is going to take the, hey, you know, we're going to go through lumps with our guys, and sometimes those lumps cause losses. Uh, losses. Uh, but in fairness, and as Sark mentioned, it wasn't just Quinn Ewers. Like the whole offense kind of sputtered toward the end. The defense was left on the field. I think Jaron Thompson played over 100 snaps, I think, in aggregate. So, um, you know, there's it's not just Quinn Ewers who, because of his lackluster performance, cost the Longhorns. Far from it. Uh, it was a big part of the passing offense not being as effective as it could be. Uh, but still, there were some times when, you know, the defense didn't do well. Special teams even had a couple miscues outside of the missed field goal. And then, you know, obviously, obviously, the penalties. Yeah, the penalties are a big problem. We'll certainly get to those in just a second. Back to Quinn Ewers, though, because you're right. The Clemson example from earlier in the day shows that you can sit a guy for a portion of a game and still state authoritatively at the end of that game so-and-so is still our starting quarterback. Steve Sarkeesian very easily could have done that with Quinn Ewers, and there's examples from all over the place in the past. I know some Longhorn fans are brought up what happened in 2004 when Vince Young was struggling against, and I'm not even remembering the opponent right now. Chance Mott comes in. Texas Tech. That game. <laughs> Texas Tech, thank you very much. So there are examples from Longhorn past of this happening, but it not affecting who the starting quarterback is. I do wonder because of how well Hudson Card was playing by the end of his three-game run as this team's starting quarterback, if he was a little bit concerned in that moment, even if it does help his team win the football game, if it does create uh, an unnecessary quarterback controversy, but that's something that it seems like is pretty easy for you to shut down as the head coach by doing exactly what Dabo did at the end of an emotional win for Clemson on Saturday and say, look, I'm going to answer this question before you even uh, before you're even able to ask it. DJ is still our starting quarterback. He could have said that after the Oklahoma State game. If Texas happens to pull it out with Hudson Card at quarterback, Quinn Ewers is still our starting quarterback. But my goodness, we are so thankful that we had Hudson Card as the best backup in America right now. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Yeah, I think that's the right way to look at it. It's not the path Sark chose and like I said, that's not why why the loss happened. But I mean, even in in, in Texas's past, in the past two years, um, they've seen examples of making a move and still sticking with a guy after, um, for the most part. I mean, Lincoln Riley did it with Spencer Rattler for Tanner Mordecai to calm him down in 2020. Rattler ended up coming back and having a solid game. Caleb Williams for Rattler is a little bit different scenario, but you know, it showed a, a, a coach who's willing to make a move in game uh, to help the team win. And, you know, I, I think there's like this this idea or maybe an argument that, oh, he made a program decision instead of a game decision. And I, I can see why that may be the thought. Uh, but, you know, those game decisions can be program decisions. You'd rather be 11 and 9 as a head coach right now than, than 10 and 10. Uh, and after blowing another second half lead on the road against a top 20 opponent, 
you can do those things and build your program and still do the things that you need to do to win games. And um, like I said, for a variety of reasons, it's not just all on quarterback. You know, the run game sputtered towards the end because they put the pressure on the quarterback. Defense was left on the field too long. But um, I think there were some other options available uh, for Steve Sarkeesian at that quarterback position. And who knows? We may look at this and see in a couple weeks, like, wow, when, when Quinn really struggled in Stillwater and kept, you know, they kept going to him, you know, he took it. He took those lumps and now he comes back and here he is in Manhattan and, oh, wow, he's got 400 yards. Like, would you look at that? So, you know, we'll, we'll be able to see and, you know, maybe not as soon as we are typically accustomed to, but pretty soon in, I guess, what, 13 days, just how much that that decision had an effect on Quinn and uh, on, their, on the team as a result. They will be traveling to Manhattan, another conference road game, which has been a, uh, has been a problem for Steve Sarkeesian throughout his head coaching career. Obviously, Quinn Ewers gets another crack at things on the road as well. Let's get to the penalties now. Of course, it was uh, quite a discrepancy in terms of how many penalties were called on whom. Texas uh, suffered 14 penalties. Most, if not all of them, seem pretty legit. Oklahoma State, on the other hand, zero penalties called against them. I think technically there may have been one or two called against them, but they were declined because situationally the Longhorns were better off letting it go to the next down. Uh, but that's obviously a big deal considering what happened here in Austin several years ago where Texas did get jobbed by the refs. And I'm not saying that's what happened on Saturday. It is curious to see the 14-0 to uh, uh, penalty discrepancy. But Steve Sarkeesian wasn't making any excuses. He was asked by somebody about whether he was considering uh, talking to somebody in the Big 12 offices about what happened in Stillwater over the weekend, but he refused to take that bait. And he said, look, we had entirely too many moments where we just weren't disciplined enough. And that includes pre-snap penalties on both sides of the ball. And Joe, for me as a Longhorn fan who watches these games pretty closely, it's especially frustrating watching the defense commit pre-snap penalties when the opponent is in your red zone and their penalties that actually gives them a fresh set of downs and that many more cracks at scoring a touchdown. Yeah, it's been a recurring theme. And like you mentioned, like of those 14, I think what, six, maybe seven of them were probably uh, procedural, uh, something like that. Maybe not all the way up to seven, but, you know, I could only think of maybe two or three that weren't deserved. Um, I know that the, the holding call, the long Quinn Ewers run, uh, that's probably the most controversial one. And I, I, the thing is, I've even seen a couple like pictures where I look and like, I can see why they threw a flag. Um, but still, that all, all that goes to, to indicate, not in this scenario, like, oh, the Big 12's got it out for Texas, but that just Texas played sloppy when you're committing false starts, when you're jumping off sides, and not just jumping off sides, when you're jumping off sides, like you mentioned, the same situation, the same part of the field with the same result. Like that, that's not something you can point to the guys in black and white and say like, why are you doing this to us? Like you jumped off sides, like that's on you. Um, and that's something that Steve Sarkeesian mentioned today, how they have to have a better understanding of, you know, looking when the ball is snapped, uh, but also just knowing that, hey, five free yards right now can't happen. Uh, and that's something that Texas Tech did it, Iowa State did it. And Oklahoma State did it too. And now, look, I mean, they went one and two in those games. And that's not to say that jumping off sides in the red zone or is the direct cause of uh, Texas's two conference losses. But 
it just it just shows that there are times when for as much as they try to emphasize mental intensity for as much as they try to emphasize focus and stuff like that there's going to be lapses and they just haven't done enough to minimize them it happens but they haven't minimized it to the point and especially not in Saturday and Stillwater and and I think that something that we we that's part of this is you look back to the offseason and all the talk of 35 new players and revamping the roster and stuff like that. Well, most of those 35 are either freshmen and a lot of those freshmen are playing or they are, you know, transfers who are kind of here for the first time. And a lot of these guys are still earlier in their careers and making young mistakes. It, it, it happens. Um, they have to fix it. That doesn't mean like, oh, OK, fine. You know, we'll just we'll just be penalized a bunch this year and give up 100 yards a game. That, that can't happen. Uh, but I think it does show a little bit some of the ex- the the reasoning. Now, when it's experienced guys doing it, like seniors uh, jumping off sides and, and guys who are literally this far away from the ball uh, jumping off sides, and yeah, that, that's a problem. But I think uh, you, you have to be able to look at, at the context of some of these while still wanting to get them cleaned up and be like, okay. But once you're doing – okay, 14 times in a game, then something's wrong. And that's got to be addressed over these next couple weeks. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Yeah, we also need to see the offense do a better job in the second halves of games going forward, whether or not you have a double-digit lead. But Steve Sarkeesian talked about it in the presser today. They were one of nine on third downs in the second half of the game, and they weren't doing a good enough job executing at times. Obviously, Quinn Ewers and uh, many of the misfires are uh, a great example of that. But he also pinned some of it on the coaches as well. And he said, look, there were some run plays that we were doing a good job of gaining yardage in the second half. And we probably didn't continue to call those sorts of plays enough. So for you, is there any one thing that you want to see Texas do better in order to uh, not only perform better in the second half, but obviously hold on to these double digit leads? You know, when, when you're in the second half and you've got a you know 10 point, seven point, whatever lead it is, you're going to be thinking like, OK, let's. Let's not like burn clock, but let's churn clock a little bit more than than we maybe be accustomed to. And that means running the football. And one of the things that Texas has done decently well is they run the football when the opponent knows it's coming. But they probably have not done it as well as they need to. I think we all highlight that one big uh, Iowa State drive to take the lead at the end. But outside of that, it's been kind of a hit or miss thing. And, and granted, you know, that's that's football. You know, when you have a lead, you want to run the ball and start to shorten the game a little bit. Uh, but at certain points, you have to run your offense. And even if it takes a little bit longer to run that offense, that's fine. But if that offense is going to lean into the run game and the defense knows it's going to lean into the run game and you add in the fact that the quarterback is not playing his best game, they know the run's coming. And it's up to not only the players to, yeah, I know, you know, sometimes blocking nine is a chore, but you got to be able to manufacture something 
that goes on players, that goes on coaches. You know, throw some misdirection, get some quick screens because you knew you saw everything else wasn't working. Maybe screens will work. You know, what you and I and, and BK always called the extension of the run game. They may be maddening the sum until they break for a 50-yard run or a 10-yard run. It's fine. But you have to be able to alleviate that pressure off of an offensive line that has two true freshmen and at times had three true freshmen on Saturday with DJ Campbell getting some snaps. So um, I, I think the the big issue, I don't think it has to do with like unimaginable. Well, let me take that back. It's not because they're they're just saying like, oh, let's run and burn clock. But I think they're not doing enough to help a young offensive line that needs some help sometimes when opponent opposing defenses know, hey, they got to run the ball here. They're going to really try to lean into the run game. And when they did that, I mean, and the other thing is Derek Mason said, Quinn Ewers, all right, here's your game. See if you can do it. Three picks later, we kind of know that that wasn't the case. By the way, sustaining drives, even if you're not always necessarily walking away from those drives with points, is part of complementary football. Because what are you doing if you're sustaining drives in the second half? You're giving your defense a break. And Steve Sarkeesian was talking about consistency in play with his defense and guys flying to the ball in certain situations in the first portion of games. And even how they played well in the third quarter of the game on Saturday Well, by the time it got to the fourth quarter, they were finding themselves back on the field over and over again, seemingly after it seems like they had just taken a seat from that previous Oklahoma State drive having ended. So your ability to sustain drives on offense keeps your defense fresh enough to continue doing a good job like uh, the Texas defense was hoping to do, but unfortunately failed at in the fourth quarter in this loss to the Cowboys. Yeah, I think we posted on Inside Texas. I can't remember the if it was all defensive. I don't think it was, but overall. And, and Steve Sarkeesian talked about this today. I mean, Jaron Thompson and Jade Barron played 100 snaps. Um, so one of the big things this bye week for the Longhorns, and this is what I asked about specifically, is you, know, you talk about adding depth and trying to keep guys fresh. Or are you really – talking about the secondary and, and he kind of said, yeah, I mean, you know, with Anthony cook out and uh, with uh, Ryan Watts, you know, working on his injuries, they need to find some guys because uh, either you had very, very tired Jaron Thompson out there at safety last week, or you had Keaton Crawford and Michael Taff. And uh, you know, that that's obviously we know that that combination didn't get it done for the Longhorn defense uh, especially late in the game. So they definitely have to find uh, ways to play that complimentary football, like you're saying. It does start with not have, not just depleting that uh, defense's uh, stamina, of course, and, and sustaining drives, but there's some players in that back end who they need to they need to figure out who the players are in that back end because outside of that front five, it's it can get kind of shaky back there. Yes, it can, and uh, perhaps an injury note in that regard. Anthony Cook, who is arguably one of the best Texas defenders this year. I don't even think it's arguable. He is one of the best Texas defenders this year. Breaks his forearm, at, I guess it was at some point in the second half of the uh, Oklahoma State game. Ends up missing the rest of the game. Steve Sarkeesian uh, said that he either did or is having surgery in the next couple of days, and that he's going to be week to week after that. That oftentimes... I don't think there's there may be surgery involved. I don't, I don't think he mentioned that. Maybe, maybe he did. I'd have to re-listen, but I'm not sure he, he said surgery. My apologies if I misheard that. But Anthony Cook does have a broken arm. Obviously, it's going to be set in a cast, and he's week to week. 
outside chance maybe that he plays against Kansas State, but it does sound like Texas will get his services back at some point during the regular season, which is obviously great news because the secondary is thin on depth and he is that good of a playmaker for you this year. Yeah, no doubt. Luckily, you know, I don't know how I haven't watched a ton of K-State. I don't think they run a lot of the same stuff that Oklahoma State and maybe Tech and maybe OU does. Uh, they they seem like a ball or a team that's content to let Adrian Martinez and, and Deuce Vaughn kind of run their offense and do things with them as, as far as misdirection goes. Maybe not so much hitting guys downfield, but uh, still, like you mentioned, he's going to be extremely vital to to Texas' chances to you know just win the rest of their games or win any game. So Steve Sarkeesian started today's presser with an apology to Longhorn fans for apparently not sticking around to seeing seeing the eyes of Texas at the end of the game on Saturday. I'll be honest, Joe, I have not been monitoring the message board, so I missed this one altogether. It just sounds like. Uh, him not realizing uh, what was going on in that moment, trying to get his team back to the locker room. Did uh, fans in Stillwater, did they rush the field out of curiosity? No, they they didn't. Um, I mean, Sark apologized for it today. Ran, he led off with it. Um, there are a couple, you know, upset people who, who very, who in right, you know, I understand they value that song very highly, uh, but Steve Sarkeesian didn't mean disrespect. Uh, he didn't mean anything. He just left because he was frustrated. He lost, and his his players followed him. Uh, that's that's I think a key aspect of this story that um, I think that uh, it may be being missed. His players followed him. Up. It's not dissatisfaction or anything like that. And um, I don't think it's going to be an issue. And Steve Sarkeesian made sure it wasn't going to be one again. No, my. What I thought when I heard him apologize and I actually checked to see, oh, yeah, this is this is something that some people are upset about is th- this is an honest mistake by him. Let's not make it a mistake that we make uh, two times. Like, I don't care if we're talking about later this year, next year, however much longer uh, Steve Sarkeesian is coaching at Texas. But it sounds like it won't be an issue again for him. Yeah, because uh, it's it's an, it's an issue. It's being brought up again after uh, oh, that was a fun two years. What in the name of Joe Wickline is going on here? All right, uh, Joe, anything else that uh, Steve Sarkeesian had to say today that uh, struck you as interesting? Um, I, I think his little dive on the special teams was interesting because I think if you watch that game during the early portions, uh, you could really tell that special teams and field position was part of why Texas was being able to be successful. Um, Daniel Trejo punted well. Uh, Bert Auburn was doing all right. And, and Will Stone was kicking well. Coverage was okay. And then it all kind of, depleted itself at the end with a bad Trejo punt, a missed Auburn kick, and a, a big return from Oklahoma State. But um, I think that's one of the few lapses from that special teams unit this year. That's been a remarkably strong special teams group, especially with, a, a, you know, they're going to take the, hey, kick it and see if they'll return it strategy. Um, they're trying to return it, and they've done that pretty well for the most part instead of taking the free 25. Uh, so I think special teams remains a strong suit, but it definitely had some uh, weak moments, at least in Stillwater on Saturday. 46 special teams snaps on Saturday, according to Steve Sarkeesian. That's a lot, especially when you consider that a lot of the guys taking those snaps are starters on one side of the ball or the other. All right, Joe, pleasure as always. He is Joe Cook. Of course, read his work at InsideTexas.com. Joe, 
I can't say go Strohs because I'm a Rangers fan, but I uh, hope you enjoy the World Series this week. We'll talk to you next Monday. I'll try to. Thanks, Trey. You got it. I am Trey Elling. You've been listening to the instant reaction to Steve Sarkeesian's Monday pressure. Uh, Presser, we'll talk to you next Monday. In the meantime, have yourselves a phenomenal week and hook them.